Welcome to the Work-Life Brilliance Podcast with executive coach and best-selling author, Denise Renee Green. Denise fills each episode with humor, compassion, knowledge, and pragmatism to help you transform your life. Listen in and learn how you can tame your brain, lower your stress, and become the person you were born to be. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Work-Life Brilliance Podcast. I'm your host, Denise Green, and I'm so excited that you have joined me. This is the most requested talk that I give in corporations because people, frankly, suck at saying no. Actually, they're really, really good at saying no to the wrong things. This program is all about being mindful about what you say no to. And by the way, even though I use this word no a lot in this podcast, you're going to learn in the next episode how to decline requests with clarity and grace without actually saying the word no. In this version of the podcast, yes, this is going to need two, baby, because this is a big topic and I want you to do some thinking in between the how-to. In this episode, we're going to talk about why this topic is so important if you want to live a brilliant life or if you just want to have a decent day and why it's so darn hard for most people. Some of us have gotten so good at this that we need to be careful that we're saying um, no not too often. And I'll say a little bit more about that in a minute. This is also about how to get clear on what you say no to. Because guess what? This isn't just a program about saying no. It is a program about saying yes, but saying yes to the right things. Now, I've had some ironic moments this week on this topic. First, I was in a planning call with a colleague of mine and a client who is hosting and planning a big um, gathering where I'm going to do this talk. And we thought we were in the final stages of planning, just talking about who's printing what, what time we're supposed to be there, what the room is. And then they dropped this one on us. They said, oh, we know your talk is two hours, but we need you to do it in one. Huh? And then they proceeded to tell us, well, in our culture, and by the way, this is a huge technology company that you would know very well. She said, in our culture, people can't say no to meetings, and they definitely can't say yes to a personal development topic unless it's during the lunch hour. Now, we were all on the phone, so I just paused. And pausing is so important, people. Uh, I know we've talked about this before, but rather than just say, you do realize how ironic your request is, given the topic. I did not say that. I was patient, and I let my other colleague, who was thinking the exact same thing, negotiate down to 90 minutes. And all the while, I'm thinking, I don't even know if I want to do this in 90 minutes. So once um, I was not triggered and I had a chance to think this through, I told them, I said, given the late notice about this, um, I will go home and I will think about whether or not it makes sense to do this program in 90 minutes because cutting out half an hour of a program 
is um, going to take some thought, and I can do it, but in the next two weeks, I don't have any time for design. So we left it there, and I agreed to get back to them um, the next day, which I did. So all this to say, we're going to talk more about how to do this gracefully, but here's the thing. These people clearly need the full version of the talk because in the full version, they actually get to do personal work, personal discovery work that you're going to um, get to do with me today and in between these two podcasts. And then they get to apply and plan for a real life situation. And that is going to better prepare them so that when they go back to the workplace, they know exactly how to best use their time and how to avoid time sucks. Okay, that was the first ironic thing that happened. The next ironic thing that happened was, I'm actually sitting reading my notes about this program at my beloved pool club. Um, my friends and I had agreed to cut out early on Friday and um, go take the kids up there. So the kids are having fun. Uh, my two friends and I, who are all freelancers, um, independent contractors, whatever you want to call us, um, we were doing some work. And we all agreed that we would just catch up on our work for the next hour, and then we'd play. And um, it was only about four in the afternoon. Meanwhile, a text comes in from a client, SOS. Denise, do you have time to talk right now? Now I had to think. My first reaction was, no, I'm at the pool club. But then I thought, you know, it still is working hours. She's given me an SOS. Um, I could help her in probably a very short amount of time. So yes, I decided to say yes. Reached out to her, she called me right away. Guess what she was struggling with? Saying no without guilt. And in this case, she had put this entirely upon herself. Her colleague was on vacation, and he had asked her to just keep track of a difficult employee he was having who wasn't coming to work on time, and he asked her to just keep kind of track of it. Now, he did not mean keep track minute by minute. This woman was spending two hours a day tracking this person's time. And that's two hours of a day. I said, so what is this costing you? She said, well, I know it's dumb. I shouldn't be doing it. But you know me, my brain likes to go deep. It likes to be thorough. So it was feeling good to her to do this, but it was also feeling painful. So in that very short call, I helped her identify the cost of what she was doing and the people she was neglecting and the work she was neglecting. And then I asked her, now, what would your colleague who asked you to help, what would he be doing on this? How much time would he be spending on it? And she said, probably 10 minutes a day. And I started busting out laughing. And then she laughed too. So she was able to reframe this and realize she didn't have to listen to her brain that was saying, do it this way, because this way is the way we like to do things. So people, this is such an important skill because it involves the usage of managing your brain, which you learned in an earlier episode with the thought upgrade steer model. But your brain, if you don't manage it with this topic, you are going to live a life where you are saying no to the wrong things all the time, and you will not have capacity for things like sleep, connection with friends, working on strategic planning, um, building your dream life. It will all go past you because you have said no to the wrong things. 
The last ironic thing was I'm sitting there with my friends, and of course we're all working, mindfully choosing to work so that we could focus on our kids in a moment. And my friend Karen sitting next to me, who is an amazing producer and has deliberately chosen to um, be freelance. And uh, she said, I am so good at saying no. And I said, well, what's something you have a hard time saying no to? And she goes, work. And when I asked her why, she said, because I never know when the next paycheck's coming. I said, I get it. And then my other friend sitting next to her, who does internal employee communications as an outsider, she says, yeah, I was um, on a new client site. She'd been there about a week. And she's a wonderful person, very impressive, knows her stuff, very warm and friendly. So she's kind of the whole package. And yet she'd only been there for a week. And she is very clear that she does not want a full-time job. Well, the CFO comes up to her, barely knowing her, and hands her a piece of paper and says, I want you to write down on this piece of paper what it would take to work with us. And then she told me, he ruined it. I was having so much fun. He just ruined it. Now I feel like I have to tell him no, because clearly I don't want to be an employee. So why is it that my friends and I can say no so easily to work? It's because we are so clear on what's important to us. I say yes to a lot of work, but I say no to some work that would really surprise people. Uh, for example, I get a lot of requests from big name companies, like uh, people would die to coach these companies and have them on their resume. And I say no if it hits one of my deal breakers. One of my deal breakers is if the client requires face-to-face -face meetings more times than not, that's a deal breaker for me. And if the client is far away and requires face-to-face -face meetings, and by far away, I mean in Silicon Valley, where um, as the crow flies, it would take me 45 minutes, but in Bay Area traffic, it would take me two hours to get there. That is a no-brainer for me. In those four hours, I could be creating so much. I could be adding so much value in the world. But in those four hours, I'm doing nothing except spending one hour coaching one person. And oh, by the way, I know that coaching is sometimes even more productive, more valuable when it's on the phone because you're having to process less visual information, which is completely consuming. So those are my deal breakers. And um, I'm quite clear on it. I'm also not going to accept an invitation to coffee to chat. This uh, became clear to me years ago when I was talking to a friend, and this is before I had this rule, and I said to her, maybe we should get coffee someday. And she goes, my life doesn't work if I get coffee. And I just started cracking up. I said, you know what? Mine doesn't either. I mean, think about it. I could jam a lot of creativity and productivity together in one day. But if I'm out getting coffee, you know, I got to get ready, I got to look for parking, then I got to get the coffee, then I got to drive home. I have just spent two hours of that valuable time. And oh, by the way, morning and evening, I'm a mom. I don't work late into the night because sleep is too important to me. I have, um, you know, I'm still recovering from Lyme disease. I need my sleep. We all need our sleep. So these are my priorities. And so it makes it very clear 
what I need to say yes and no to. Does it mean it's always easy? Not necessarily, but I have learned to manage my brain and I want to help you do the same. So it all comes down to this foundational belief that I have, that we have unlimited potential and limited capacity. I've mentioned sleep already. That's one of the limitations we have. We have to rest. We have to sleep. We have to feed ourselves. We have to move our bodies. If we don't, we will get extremely sick and we will never live into our potential. Now, you've seen what happens when you say yes to the wrong things. We have physical symptoms. I've had clients in the last year that have had eye twitches as a result, result of stress, um, not enough sleep, so they have brain fog or they're irritable. Uh, they are stressed, they have high blood pressure, they've gained a ton of weight. Um, some of them even have autoimmune diseases and, uh, and sometimes they get a heart attack. These are all things that happen when we don't take care of ourselves and mindfully say yes to sleep, to the right food, to exercise, to our doctor's appointments and physical check-ins. So you can probably think of more physical symptoms, but I want to talk about two emotional symptoms that mess with our brains when it comes to saying no. The first one is guilt. So many of us experience guilt just when we think about saying no to something. Now, as you've heard me say before, guilt is good for one thing only, and that is to signal you have done something wrong. But most of the time when we say no, we're actually doing something right. We are freeing this other person up to go find somebody who actually has the capacity and the will to do the thing that we're wishy-washy about. So if you actually mess with somebody, like you uh, scrape their car, or you steal their lunch, then you ought to feel guilty, but only guilty enough that it prompts you to fix it, to put a note on their car and say, hey, here's my insurance information and my phone number, give me a call. Okay, done. Guilt served its purpose. But for most of us, guilt is a mood. And when it becomes a mood, guilt pretends to be an action. Well, at least I'm feeling guilty about saying no. At least I'm feeling guilty about world hunger. No, we don't need guilt as a mood. We need to take action, and that is to decline the request or fix what we've done wrong. So we feel guilt when we feel like we are giving too little. But on the other end of the spectrum, when we feel like we're giving too much and they're not giving enough, then we feel resentment. And resentment is even more toxic than guilt. And we've talked a lot about resentment. And this is an emotion you want to avoid at all cost. It serves no good purpose. It feels kind of good because you get to feel right and superior, but it eats you alive. All right, so those are some emotional reasons, but let me tell you about three brain-specific pains, three triggers that make it very difficult for us to say no. And the first one is called social pain. Social pain is that fear of ostracism, that fear that we don't belong. And it's the pain caused by lack of connection. And this is a real pain in the brain, uh, people. Studies have shown that if you literally take two Tylenol, 
you will feel less social pain. You will also feel less of all the other emotions like joy and happiness, but in the short term, it might break the cycle of the social pain, which is incredibly damaging. So our tribal brain is so afraid of exclusion because when we were in the tribe, it meant we were dead. If we didn't belong, we didn't survive, and we still have that ancient brain. So we say yes to book clubs, and we say yes to groups, and we say yes to all sorts of things and invitations that we really don't want to say yes to because we are worried that we will be in the out group instead of the in group. The next brain pain I want to talk about is called status pain. Man, this one comes up a lot at work. This one is all about comparison, and it's all about the lie we tell ourselves that we are not good enough that we have to outshine others, or we don't have enough, and my neighbor has more, or my colleague got a better bonus than I did, or I should really have a promotion by this time in my life. So we say yes to things, um, even material things, that will make us feel better about ourselves. This is about outside in instead of inside out. Um, just acquiring things, whether or not we really need them or want them. The brain just wants you to keep collecting them so you feel better about yourself and you quiet that I'm not good enough story. And this is a really bad way to quiet that story because it is temporary. It's like putting a Band-Aid on it. The third brain pain has to do with our brain's need to conserve energy. So just in case, you know, something's chasing us on the savannah, we have all the energy we need in order to fuel our muscles. And one of the biggest brain pains is prioritizing your day. It takes an amazing amount of prefrontal cortex energy to think about all the things you need to do in your day and thus all the things you cannot do in your day. And this also brings up things that are going to be painful for you to do because they are hard. Things you've been trying to avoid because they just take so much work. So why don't I just roll out of bed instead and check my email? Because that doesn't take a lot of work. But guess what? Looking at your email, as we talked about in a prior episode, takes a huge amount of energy because it is so full of surprises and triggers and uncertainties. So you, by rolling out of bed and reading your email, have consumed so much of your brain power that you are now not going to have the capacity to work on the most important things that you need to be working on. So there are a lot more reasons why we do uh, have a hard time saying no and yes, but it really boils down to pain and pleasure. And you have got to figure out how to redirect your pain, just like I did with my client when she redirected her pain and realized I am saying no to a lot of important stuff during the two hours that I'm working on this spreadsheet. She redirected her pain, she dropped her guilt, and she was able to then shift her attention to things that she'd been neglecting. So I want you to reflect, my friends, on how you are using your day. Because, as Annie Dillard said, how we live our days is how we live our lives. And if you keep going at this rate, what is your life going to look like? 
If you look at the people that you admire most, they are really good at this. Let's take Warren Buffett, who said the difference between successful people and really successful people is that really successful people say no to almost everything. Wow, I thought that was so cool. And then there's Jeff Walker, who's an amazing, amazing entrepreneur, incredibly successful, and he says that every yes must be defended by a thousand no's. Now it's gonna take strength, it's gonna take focus, and it's going to take clarity. So how do you get this clarity? Well, you're in luck. I have some tools to help you do this. Um, one of the best ones I use in this workshop that I give is the Brilliant Life Assessment. And you can get these on my website, brilliantsinc.com resources. Once you enter your email once, you are in and you can have access to this site um, unless you switch to a different browser and then you'll have to um, enter your name again. But anyways, highly worth it. The Brilliant Life Assessment in about five minutes, you will have complete clarity about where your life is totally out of whack. Things that are in your subconscious will come to the forefront. And it's easy, and then it gives you clarity to act. Now, you don't necessarily have to take the Brilliant Life Assessment to get this kind of clarity. Another thing you can do is just brainstorm all the shoulds you tell yourself. Literally set a timer for two minutes and brainstorm all the shoulds you tell yourself. Um, and it might be I should say no and I should say yes, but it's probably more like I should eat better. I should exercise more. I should get up earlier. I should go to bed earlier. I should watch less Netflix. Just brainstorm anything that comes to mind. And then I want you to look over that terrible list that makes you feel like crud. And I want you to put check marks next to the ones that create the most pain when you think about them. And then I want you to note the ones that would create the most pleasure if you shifted your yes and no on them. And lastly, I want you to circle those that have two checks and that you are ready to take on. You don't have to know how to do it, but I want you to be really honest with yourself. No judgment here. If you're not ready to take it on, cross it out, cross out everything else that doesn't have two check marks, and tell yourself this is not the time to work on this. Don't worry if you get a little afraid. You know, if you um, have something about pushing back on your boss or just have something that is going to require you to say no to somebody that um, you don't really want to say no to because you get a little afraid just thinking about it, that's okay. Right now, we're just getting clarity. I'll help you in the next episode figure out exactly how you're going to say. So that's one way you can get clarity. Another one is to literally track your time in the daily task inventory. Now, you can make adjustments to this spreadsheet, but this is about from the time you get up to the time you go to bed, how are you spending your time? And I suggest you do this in 30-minute increments. Now, for people like me um, <laughs> who don't necessarily like a lot of structure, this one is really painful. But if you are an analytical person who loves structure, um, you will eat this one up. And you're not just writing down the task, you're writing down 
how you felt during the task. How vital was this task? How important was it? Could somebody else have done it for you? And how did you feel while you were doing this task? I also like to add in how easy or hard was it? You'll start to see that um, you're probably doing some easy stuff in the morning when you should be doing some hard stuff. Or if you're a night owl, you should be doing your hard stuff at night when your brain is functioning the best. So this can really give you some insight and ahas into, oh, no, I can't believe I am wasting. I mean, what happened to that hour? Why was I on Facebook for 45 minutes? What the heck? You'll put it down in writing just how much time you are wasting. So my friends, what I'd like you to do between now and the next episode is do one of the exercises that I just talked about and get clear about something, at least one thing that you need to say yes, well, that you need to say no to. But the corollary to that is, what do you need to say yes to now that you have more time? Because when you say yes to one thing, you are saying no to every other possibility in that moment. So you better be pretty darn clear that this is a yes you want to do and that you need to do and that is aligned with how and who you want to be and what you want to create in this day and in your life. So please go and get clear and come back with something that you want to practice with. And in the next episode, we're going to talk about my six-step process for saying no without saying no and declining requests with grace, not guilt. It has been my pleasure to speak with you today. And I hope you have a brilliant rest of the day and the next couple of weeks. And I look forward to next time. Thanks for listening to Work Life Brilliance. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at iTunes.